Welcome to a continental catch-up edition of the Ghost Gold Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew Pissarro, in here with Alex Moss and Javier Revelo. How are we doing, boys? Doing all right this week. Kind of missing the footy from the weekend, but, you know, we're, we're, we're close. The international break was all right. Peru got a win. How did Ireland do, Alex? Uh, to be decided. Play again on Tuesday night, tomorrow night, against Wales, but we got a draw against Denmark, so... Yeah. The U.S. had a, had a pretty fun game with Colombia, 4-2. Yeah, they lost 4-2. Uh, as soon as I turned that game on, Colombia scored two goals, and I was like, damn it, I knew I should have turned this on. <laughs> uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty uh, weird night for me because I was watching Thursday Night Football at the same time at work, and then I put on the U.S. game, and at the same time, the Capitals were getting smoked by the Devils 6-0. So not really a great night for me, but uh, yeah, the U.S. takes on Peru probably the day that you're first listening to this on Tuesday. So uh Go go USA! Uh, whoa, we're whoa, talk about whoa! Oh. What do you go go? Vamos, go go Peru! We're Peru. This is a, this <laughs> this. The We've Ghost never Goal been a Peru podcast. We're pretty. We all no. we root for Peru in no. international play. Two two for, two here for Peru, Andrew. Yeah. You're outnumbered. So I mean, <laughs> that's fine. It's, that's fucking fine. <laughs> no, but like, like the U.S. is my other team. Like I root for the U.S. America. too. But oh, that's fine. You know, that's fine. I'm never going to root for yeah, Peru. But, like the U.S. Here. doesn't, have, doesn't make it to, to the World Cup and stuff like that. So you got to you got to root for a team. You got you know you got to get in there with a okay, team. That's, okay, okay, okay. You, know. you you you, Mister. Oh, my team did one thing one time in the last twenty fucking years. Thirty, thirty, thirty. Years, right? 30 years. You're making it worse for yourself. You you get on your fucking high horse because okay. something happens one summer, hey, that's, bro. I'm like a Liverpool Calm fan. I'm like a Liverpool fan, down. you know? They just had that right. one well, exactly. win Liverpool, that one time. Liverpool have more history in the last 30 years than Peru have in their entire fucking history. So shut down, shut up, and let's talk about some <laughs> other fucking leagues for a motherfucking second. That please. is a great transition, Andrew. Good job. That this is, is why he works in radio, guys. For me. Yes, exactly. This is way too much cursing for me early on in, in the podcast, but like it wasn't my fault, guys. I feel like the dad who's watching I just like, triggered his, him. Okay. his wife. Right. I feel like the dad is watching his wife and like teenage daughter get into arguments. I'm just sitting here like I can't be bothered with this. <laughs> Let's move where on. You, this, that's where you like you like nudge your 12 year old son in the shoulder and be like, "Hey, kid, go get me another beer out of the fridge." <laughs> <laughs> and you just turn you just turn the, the volume of the, the football game up a little louder. Uh, so uh, well, I'll do a quick rip whip around the uh, the four leagues um, in La Liga right now. You've got Sevilla on top, uh, Barcelona in second, Atletico Madrid in third, and. Real Madrid in fourth over to Serie A where you have Juventus again still on top Napoli Inter Milan and Lazio in uh, following behind them in the Bundesliga you got Borussia Dortmund surprisingly on top followed by Red Bull Leipzig Munchen Gladbach right after them and then Werder Bremen in fourth and then over to Ligon where we have the champions as expected PSG followed by Lille Marseille and Montpellier so which league would you guys like to start talking about with first? Just do La Liga. Let's do La in Liga. order of most interesting to least interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very true. I mean, there is a, not a whole lot going on in Liga right now. But uh, right, like I said, Sevilla on top of uh, La Liga, Barcelona just behind on fifteen points, Atletico Madrid also on fifteen points, and Real Madrid in four, uh, on fourteen points. Two losses already for Los Blancos. Uh, Real Barca and Atletico all kind of struggling to kind of get things going. They've all had some suspect losses to some traditional bottom feeder teams in La Liga. They all have two or more draws. Like, yeah, just yeah. not a Real, good start uh, Barca, for, for not, any of these teams. Not a good teams. start at all. Um, I know with Barcelona, there's been a lot, like, there's been a lot of squad rotation, which they haven't had to do in the last couple of seasons. They bring in a young midfielder. Named Arthur from uh, from Brazil. They bring in Malcolm, who's a winger who's rotating in with Usman he's, Dembele. He's barely played. It's just come out he's during been. the international break that his agent is basically relaying the message that he's not happy with the lack of playing time at Barcelona. But ever since Usman Dembele's kind of not broken out because we know he's a great player, but he's obviously started to live up to that huge price tag from last year. Uh, Malcolm can't really get a game because obviously he's not forcing out Messi or Suarez or anyone like yeah, that. Yeah, but like so. I don't know what that guy was really thinking. You know, I didn't. Yeah. Like, did he just think he was going to go on that team and start every game? I mean, well, I, I mean, mean, the guy, the guy it's wasn't the same like thing that everybody thinks. I mean, the guy, the, the guy was really good, but like, I mean, last summer everyone thought that he was going to get snapped up by a big team and. 
No, he was on the, the he was on his way to Roma. Right. They had agreed with the the they had agreed the transfer price. He was reportedly flying to Rome, and then Barcelona came in last second with an offer that he took, and he went to Barcelona. But I mean, it's the same thing that we always talk about with Barcelona. You know, they they is that where they needed help, right? Is that like they just did they just I, buy I mean, another winger? I think that the conversation of do they need help is is not as I think it's a louder question than everyone wants to talk about because because Luis Suarez is on the decline. He's not the elite. He's not. He's not the elite striker that he's been the last couple of years. And even last season, he wasn't as good for Barcelona as he was in years past. He is definitely on on the decline. They've lost Neymar. Uh, yes, they brought in Coutinho last year, but Coutinho hasn't really found his place at Barcelona. He's like he hasn't been a week in week out starter at Barcelona. This because there's some weeks he's in midfield and there's some weeks he's on the left wing. I, I think the Malcolm purchase was. Are the, uh, is Barcelona maybe going back to maybe that old four three three false nine with Messi as the number ten again? Uh, it, because they could easily move on Louis, move on from Luis Suarez. I think and I think they tried right. Did they they and, tried to get Griezmann this summer. There was that whole like the decision and all that. So I I think you you can see in their intentions that they want to they want someone they wanted someone more and they could they they can obviously tell that Suarez is getting 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 old now. I think he's what 32, 33? Um, and I mean, the guy's still a beast. He's probably still going to be a good player for them. But like like Andrew said, you can't rely on this guy, you know, week in and week out. Uh, he's not going to be banging in 35, 40 goals. I mean, he might still get 30 goals this year, but I mean, that's just because he plays on Barca and he's got such, you know, amazing talent feeding him. But I think that there's not too much to worry about. I think this league, Sevilla being top is, is I don't think it means much. I mean, they've... It is nice that they're scoring a lot of goals. Um, they seem to be finally finding that that like attacking talent that you could see last year, and you saw uh, you saw when they played against Manchester United, like they could have easily scored. Uh, they did go through against Manchester United in the Champions League, but you saw that they could have scored more goals. And now it seems like this year they kind of they're finding their foot in that. So I, I see them definitely challenging for that for that top four spots. Um, it's just kind of like. Who outside of Barcelona, Atletico, Real Madrid are are going to challenge Sevilla for that fourth spot? It's Valencia. But right. Valencia have started the season terribly. So it's like, yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, it's basically just Valencia Betis. in there. And like, do you think like Alaves or Espanol could make like a top four no, charge? No, probably, right? probably, probably Betis. Betis is the you know Sevilla's yeah crosstown rival. I can see Betis. They've, they, beaten they, the, they've beaten them in the derby a couple times recently. They they have a pretty. They're kind of on level terms right now. Maybe not in terms of like recent history, uh, where Sevilla have been getting into the Champions League, Europa League every year. But Atletico, or sorry, Real Betis are getting to that point now. They're one of my like favorite. Like, do you guys not think like the middle of the table in Spain has improved a lot? Like, I feel like you know, Absolutely. there's a bunch of there's a bunch yeah. of teams with like nine, ten, eleven, twelve points. Where kind of like the Premier League, where like I mean, teams like Barca, Atletico, and Real are drawing games or even losing games. They all have one loss too. You know, they all have a loss on well, the season I, already. Also, too, but hold on, hold on here. I'm looking at Sevilla's lineup. Oh, by the way, Luis Suarez, 31, turns 32 in January. Okay. But I'm looking at I'm looking at Sevilla's lineup right now, all right? And they already had Ben Yedder, who was doing good things for them last year. Luis Marial is, Marial is a decent striker. But they also brought in Andre Silva, who's got eight goals already. You know, that him. was – Cristiano right, Cristiano Ronaldo, who he had that big move to Milan last year that, that didn't really work out. And now they've since replaced him with Higuain. But Cristiano Ronaldo was like – Andre Silva is the next, like, great Portuguese striker that everyone's talking about. You've got him on that team. You've got Nolito, who knows his way around the Liga. You've got uh, Alex Vidal, who's played in big games for Barcelona. Jesus Navas, who played at big games for Manchester City. Uh, Aver Benega, who's still very good inside the – league like Evan Benega is amazing he's been yeah. one of their best players this year we tried to sign him over the summer he, he's like one of Emery's favorite players and he basically wanted him instead of Ramsey but the club said no you you got to stick with Ramsey for one more year and see how he does and I, I I'm pretty sure you know we'll, we'll we'll talk about this you know later but it looks like you know Ramsey won't be renewing his contract and a player like Benega might be you know the next player that comes to Arsenal to replace him. So it's interesting that Sevilla are top, and you know he's he's the one pulling the strings. A lot a lot of people kind of laugh, being like, "Oh, we're, we're going to bring in Benega for Ramsey." Like, so I don't know, but you know they are top right now. They're scoring a lot of goals. 
They're, I mean, they started the season with three or without winning any of their first three games. I think they drew uh, their first game and then and lost, lost two, two games right. after that. And they and they weren't scoring at all. They looked like a dumpster fire. And since then, they've just gone off. And obviously, they beat Real three nil at home. Uh, and Real historically don't do very well there. But I, I just think Sevilla have taken advantage, and it's only the first eight games, so it's not like too much to go off of. But they've taken advantage of the likes of Atletico, Barca, and Real Madrid kind of taking the league for granted, I feel like, where we've seen Real suffer from this in the last couple of years, where they start the league season off like kind of poorly, not really like interested. And it's only when like the games start to matter come like the turn of the year that they really start to, I don't want to say put in effort because they're obviously like all trying, but they just seem more like dialed in and, and uh, like the stakes of these games seem higher. That seems to have seeped over to Barcelona. I'm not really as worried about Barcelona as I am about Real Madrid because I guess we can segue to them now. Obviously, the glaring miss, miss of Ronaldo not being there has started to come back to, to, to bite them. Where Yeah, not scoring started, in the last th- three or four games, something like that. They, right? it's, That's they crazy. haven't scored in the last four games, and it's the first time this century that Real Madrid have failed to score in, in four, four consecutive games. games. That's, yeah, That's, I mean, that's unheard of, to be honest. I can't. I mean, in those games includes the loss to Sevilla, which I mentioned. They lost in the Champions League away at CSK Moscow 1-0. Uh, and then they just lost to Alaves, or who was Alaves? It? Yep, and the last Alaves just before Alves. the international break. So, uh, and these are these are results that they're losing like one nil here and there. Sevilla, sure, they, that was kind of a way getting away from them. But Bale started to pop up with his injuries. Benzema's gone dry in terms of goals. Uh, Asensio s- still seems a bit young and uh, not quite ready to take games by the scruff of the neck. They uh, Modric looks a little bit tired. And their whole defensive backline just looks like ill-disciplined and just full of mistakes. So, I- well, Real Real did the most unreal thing ever this offseason. The most notable thing they did was they sold their best player. Zidane moves on. They bring in a new manager. But everybody they didn't thought, buy a new flashy. They didn't buy a new. Everybody flashy thought they were going car. to, right? It was like that's what they always right. do. We all thought we all thought they were going to go after Hazard. We all thought they were going to go we, we, the whole Mbappe route. I guess they got they Courtois. Go <laughs> they did get Courtois. Fine, see but what that's cost them, right? <laughs> that that wasn't a major need. It w- and I still see it as a potentially long term an upgrade, but that wasn't a major need. The big signing for the, I guess, for the other 10 outfield players was they bought back Mariano Diaz, the the striker of Dominican descent, who was at Lyon, who killed it last year. He'll probably end up uh, playing for Spain, though. Right. He's, he only played one game for Dominican Republic. It was a friendly. He wants to go play for Spain. Not important. But, I mean... We're seeing Vini- uh, Vinicius Jr., the the Brazilian kid that everyone was like super hyped about that they bought for like forty million when he was sixteen or seventeen, and he's finally over with them. But he doesn't seem ready to go. I've also seen links that they're they're linked after the striker Rodrigo R O D Y R G O from Brazil that they that they might he's, bring well, him no, over. He's, in he January. plays for Spain too, but he uh, he's at Valencia right now. You sure we're talking about the same guy? Oh, you're talking about the winger, the other. Yeah, yeah. He's Sorry. talking about the Brazilian kid. Yeah. I thought I thought you were talking about the yeah, center yeah, forward. No, 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 no. No, there's this. Yeah, there's this. There's this Brazilian kid, Rodrigo. Who right. They've been it's the other they've winger. Been chasing but they're not. After. They're not going to get him until next summer. I, I'm pretty sure. Exactly. It's it's. Well, they might get the deal done. He might like come over. Right. Like, they I might do similar be, like, to, to Vinicius type thing. Right. Right. But it's like. What, How like, much is that going to help was, you in the immediate future? You know what I mean? Like in the next like, year or two. That's my exact thing. Like, like they've had this okay, overlying issue of the kids, better, of the, like, great. Of the past decade. What are you, the new fine, Arsenal? In, They're going to bring Wenger in? Over the, <laughs> over the past decade. <laughs> Can you guys imagine? <laughs> they just see. The right. They're just like, all right, things aren't working with Lopetegui. We're going to sign some new youngsters, bring Arson it's, in. It's getting. Apparently, it's getting they've tried to, to sign time, him like though. three or four times, so I wouldn't be surprised. I okay, really well, would not be surprised if he's the next round. I, I would be surprised. Let me just I put would be that shocked. out there. Uh, I would be absolutely shocked. You see so the Wenger grin again. But Lopetegui, it's getting down to that time now where if like the results don't turn around or if they don't at least start performing better then he's definitely going to be out. And he doesn't really have a long track record in club football, a long successful track record. Uh, the only other relatively high-profile job he's had at club level is for Porto, where he had a similar like decent start for like a couple of games. And then it all went to shit with them, too. And he seems pretty reliant, or his teams at least, seem pretty reliant on Isco's creative uh, uh, 
creativity. And Isco has been, was he diagnosed with some sort of hormone disorder or was yeah, it like he, a, he looks, he's not going to be playing like too a, many games this year. It's, he's going to be out for like a couple of months or right. something. He's, he's got some kind of kidney or some kind of organ, uh, disorder that's like perfectly treatable and he should be back to playing but for like the foreseeable future he's not going to be there so without his like close control and dribbling they're they're going to need someone whether it's Modric or Cruz or Asensio himself to step up in midfield and start creating good enough chances for Benzema and Bale again yeah I mean and the other thing too and I was over the past decade Barcelona have dominated the La Liga title race. Like, I don't remember what the number is, but they've won more than than Real Madrid and Atletico have gotten in on that action, too. Like, Real I'm, aren't concerned I, with the league, but this year, that was supposed to be Lopetegui's main focus, is getting the league exa- back. And there's no shot he's making it with this squad versus the squad that Barcelona have. I mean, I don't, I know I don't buy ta- that. I don't buy that at all. This squad is still really, really good, and a better manager, I think, would be able to get more out of them. If they signed Antonio Conte or someone tomorrow, I think they would probably they could go on to win the league. They'd have a much better chance, I think. I don't disagree with that take. I just don't think that's going to happen. I also think too that once Barcelona get, if Barcelona hit full stride with the additions that they made by bringing in a Vidal. Um, they have better depth now. They've already won the La Liga title the last few years. I feel like they would. I feel like this. I feel like if this Barcelona team gets humming in the way that they should be able to, you're looking at a Barcelona team that could win a treble. We haven't even talked about Atletico yet. I don't know if we have that much time, but I think Atletico at this point are a far better bet to win the league and challenge Barca than uh, Real will. Uh, Definitely, I agree with that. Whatever manager, that. they just need to get their goal in. scoring going. You know, they're having trouble in that department. Their, their their defense is awesome There's, as always, but yeah, they're still they're still sort of uh, incorporating Lamar and Gelson Martins and players like that, like players that I've kind of made a lot of people sit up and go, oh wow, this is like a they're going to take a different approach this year. But we've seen them kind of retreat back to that defensive style ever since they started slowly in the league, and they've clawed their way back into the top four, which obviously is ideal. But yeah, I, I just like their chances and their their continuity a little bit more than Real Madrid at the moment. I definitely agree with you. I, I think I I love this Atletico Madrid roster. It's very, it's very complete. And the, that's the other thing too is like I feel like the Atletico's roster is built a little bit more for right now than Barcelona, which is a little bit of okay. There's a couple guys we need to move on from, and there's a couple guys that are clearly grabbing you know getting minutes here and there because they're the guy down the road. But this Atletico Madrid team is a right now team. So interesting to see how things move on with them. Um, Just briefly, I wanted jump. to I wanted to I wanted to touch on Valencia. I think that they've had a they've had like a difficult start to the season. They've already played against uh, Barcelona, like away at Atletico. Um, I told you, Abby. they've played I said during the Champions League preview. They've played away at Villarreal, you know, and they've played against Betis. They've played against you know good teams. They've drawn against Barcelona and Atletico, so they have six draws right now in the league. So I think. You know, Valencia fans, don't be too worried. I feel like it, your team will get there. They just need to. They just need to start getting their their goal scoring, which they last year was. They had absolutely no problem in that department. It seems like this year, um, their you know Guedes, who's now permanently there, it looks like he he has not found his his stride yet at all. And I I think Valencia can still challenge for that top four. Uh, I just think that they had a really tough start, and you know don't don't sleep on them. They'll they'll be coming back soon. Mishi Batchwai, all he does is score goals unless it's for Chelsea. <laughs> well, they're gonna get they're gonna get Mishi and uh, Kevin Gamero uh, scoring. Scoring, and yeah. Gonna try and they're gonna try and push Rodrigo, the Spanish striker. I thought you were talking about earlier. They're gonna get him pushed out to the right wing, so they can have a front four of Guedes on the left, Mishi, Gamero, and Rodrigo. That would just, I think, that would tear La Liga up once it gets sort of uh, going up to speed, yeah. chemistry wise. That is a team of FIFA, like, that is that is the wet dream of every FIFA team player. Like, that front four, oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's jump over Serie A, Juventus. Show me your Juventus hands, thing. I can't see your hands. <laughs> uh, 24 points, 8 wins in 8 games. Napoli on 18 points, 6 wins, 2 losses. Inter Milan, 5 wins, 1 draw, 2 losses. And Lazio, five wins and three losses. Uh, other notable teams, everyone talks about Roma, 14 points, already 10 points behind the leaders, Juventus, 4-2-2. Two, and two. Milan, 3-3-1 three, three, and one in 10th place. Really disappointed again in Milan, but um, 
It is what it is. They say, again, I feel like I still feel like AC Milan at the end of the day will get up there in Serie A. They just it's going to take them <laughs> every year. They they start slow. Like when was the last time we saw an AC Milan team uh, start hot? But let's go over to Juventus. The biggest the biggest addition is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who's on four goals. Is this Juventus team? Can anyone stop this Juventus team? Let's let's just let's just address the no. Let's just, let's just address no. the other like, room. I, what? I think you should have phrased the question better. Yeah, you I should have phrased have. it the way I wrote it down, Andrew. Who can push them? Like who I, can who think, can try? Because that's I like, don't think it's Napoli. I honestly don't. I, agree. I think I think Napoli's like opportunity to win Serie A passed in the past two seasons. Um, the team I think might actually be able to do it as Inter. I love their squad. But I thought it, so but too Inter, going into the season. But they But also uh, too, Inter never start the season well. They have again, it, both teams in Milan don't seem to start Serie A well. Yeah, that's true, but I I don't know, as I've become more and more like well acclimated to Serie A, you kind of you, you start to hear stories about Inter being I know this sounds crazy because of like the Mourinho years and before that the Mancini years where they were winning titles in the last decade or so. But Inter have this reputation of kind of being like the spazzes of the of Syria, like not quite the Tottenham because they obviously are like a historic club that have won, like won the first European title for uh, as an Italian club and everything like that. But they, they they just go through games where they can get spanked one game and then come back from one nil down against Tottenham the next and win it in the ninetieth minute. Like they just that's just in their DNA, and it's never going to be smooth sailing like it is with Juventus, where they can just get into third gear and just cruise in third gear for the whole season. I, I think what's so, more interesting is like that that whole top four battle it seems like that's going to be a very interesting battle in Italy this year. I mean, you, s- well, you mean the two through four battle? Yes. It's not a top four battle. It's, it's a two through. No, four. I just mean like getting into the top four, you know? Yeah. I just mean yes, that that I fourth that. spot, I think probably you can almost assuredly put Inter and Napoli right in those, like in those top four. I think just that fourth spot. We like, had doubts about Napoli or at least I did going into the season. I don't think that was a I, sure I just, thing. I mean, I have a little I bit of do. doubt, but I just think Ancelotti's like a good enough coach in that league that like, you know, he can get it done with, with the second biggest team in the league being Napoli. So I don't know. I think that what he's been given to him, they, he still has a, a very good team left by sorry, you know, very well drilled and coached team. I, I'm not sure how much, you know, he, how much effect he's having on these players. Do you think like their style and like the way that they're playing and approaching the season has changed that much to like under sorry? Like, I don't actually think so. Like I've, well, I've seen a little bit of Napoli is. this season, but I mean, it all depends see- like what the score of the game is. Like they're obviously still very good going forward, but I think they're way worse defensively because they're not quite as committed to the like the high pressing game as they were. They're still like very committed to like possession style, everything like that. But when they lose the ball, they're not trying to win it back right away. They're dropping off right away, which it's probably an easier transition to make than going the opposite way like Chelsea have had to do. But at the same time, if these these players have been playing like this for three, four years under Sarri, they're pretty well drilled in it. And we've seen them fall behind in three or four games to start the season. A couple of those they've come back to win against, uh, I think, Lazio and Milan. But then there was the game at Sampdoria where they just got absolutely hammered 3-0 and they couldn't claw their way back into the game. The Liverpool win obviously like kind of raises everyone's expectations for them because that's a good team that they beat at home when they absolutely had to beat them. Uh, but it's it's I I think they're pretty safe in top four now. I've seen enough from them to be like confident in their top four status. It's uh, whether they can get out of this Champions League group now is like the next question. We'll see. Uh, Insigne off to a good start with six goals. Uh, Christoph Piatek, I Piontek, my boy, Piatek. nine goals, nine goals from Genoa. Wow! On top of the uh, on top of Serie A scoring charts, they are my um, team to watch in Serie A. Like really? Not I mean, like if you I, look I don't think from, they're top four from twelfth all the way up to fourth. There's only three points, right? Like Torino, Genoa, Milan, Parma, Sassuolo. Fiorentina, Roma, Sampdoria, and Lazio are all within three points. So I think that's that's where that battle is going to be. And all those teams are pretty good, you know. All those teams have no. decent players on them. And if you look at, like, their goal difference and how many goals they've scored and how many goals against, I mean, it looks like Sassuolo is probably going to be one of the teams that drops out of that, out of that like, top ten block. But you could easily see them. There's enough quality in that, that part of Serie A that 
there, there's definitely hope for Serie A. Serie A is a good yeah. watch. Serie A is a good watch every Saturday. The only problem is that it's not on regular TV and it's on the ESPN garbage, but ESPN Plus garbage, which I don't feel like paying for. But that's that's a whole different can of worms for a whole different thing. Uh, before we jump off, uh, f- coming back this weekend, we've got the Milan Derby between AC and Inter. Inter then have to play at Barcelona three days play Barcelona three days later then they play Lazio then they play Genoa and then they play Barcelona wow. again how's that it's for a five a game stretch, stretch for Inter there right there so I'm that'll I'm be fun to watch. shit that's, that's, be their, fun that's to their Arsenal that's November run that's their Arsenal November that's, run yeah. <laughs> I just before we move on to the next league I do want to give a little shout out to uh, Parma on their return to the Serie A they've, yep. they've been out of the league for a while they're a very storied club that a lot of people who grew up watching Italian football in the 90s uh, really love uh, they're back up in the league now. They started, I think, with negative two points from uh, from a scandal that at the end of last year. They're sitting in ninth place on 13 points now, which is very impressive from a just-promoted team. If I'm correct, Gigi Buffon began his career at Parma. Right. So, yep. Let's go over to the Bundesliga, like we said earlier. Dortmund on top, 17 points, followed by Rebel Leipzig on 14. Borussia Mönchengladbach, who just beat Bayern, also on 14. Werder Bremen on 14. And Bayern Munich down in sixth place on 13 points. Uh, and surprisingly, Schalke, nowhere near the top four. Hoffenheim, uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Hoffenheim, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the, the good, top traditional four. good teams in Germany are just floundering right we've now we've seen this we've seen this the last couple years in in germany where like the team that finishes third place one year that we all get excited about goes out and has a terrible start to the next season like it happened last year my big question is do you guys honestly believe that Borussia dortmund are going to be able to keep this up for the entire season and stave off a of bayern munich i don't know i do i, I mean i it, do it's hold on javier alex speak if you watch Dortmund this year I think it's so weird to see them like sit deep uh like they have been with uh Lucien Favre and like be more of like a counter-attacking team they're not really giving up any they're not like one of those teams that's like sitting deep and has just completely forgotten to attack they're still very good on the ball Axel Witzel has been way better than uh I probably gave him credit for coming in Jaden Sancho one of my favorite young English players who they bought for Manchester City uh last year and got a few games uh, after January. He's he leads Europe or the Europe's top five leagues in assists right now. He's their their man off the bench who comes in with thirty minutes to play and just absolutely runs the legs off defenders. Uh, I think Pulisic has an injury, uh, but he was playing well before that and scoring scoring goals and assisting pretty consistently. And then Paco Alcacer, who, the striker they signed from uh, Barca, he's. Barca should have kept a hold of him. <laughs> they could use a player like him. I didn't know he had this in him. Where I kind of well, he didn't play like this at Barca. Is what I'm saying. Like, he's he also doing this in the Barca. Bundesliga, Alex. It's true. He's not yeah, doing it in La Liga. We're we're talking about we're talking about whether it's Dortmund can keep this up in the Bundesliga. And I think Paco Alcacer has been probably the best striker in the Bundesliga next to like Alessandro Player from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. It's one of those two has been the best. So and with a league in a league that also has uh, Robert Lewandowski, that's no mean feat. So uh, if you did you guys see the uh, was it Freiburg or Augsburg that they played before the international break? They like that seven game past them was crazy. No, they, it was a four three. They oh. were down three one with uh, like five minutes to go, and they came back and won at four three with a uh, Alcacer uh, free kick in like the ninety third minute. He, he he's absolutely putting the team like on his back, and he's got. Uh, plenty of young, uh, exciting players around also, him. Also, Royce looks like he he's played every game this year. Yes, yes. Which is Royce Royce is back. Seven he's games not at his best, for Marco Royce he, to start the season, which is right. He's not like at his best that we're used to, but he's kind of taken on this more uh, veteran role with the team. He's like he's the, practically the only one left from the the Champions League, either the consistent Champions League years there. So. It's uh, interesting to see how this team's changing and adapting to the new style. I think they can keep it up and uh, at least push the title race until till the end. Yeah, I agree March. with that. Well, yeah. well, I don't think they're well, going to be that's Bayern. until that's that's until Bayern fires Niko Kovac, brings back Upankas for the millionth time. He comes in off the bench, wins them another title. They get to the semifinals of the Champions League. Everyone's like, "Hey, maybe we should keep Up around." Up's like, "Nah, I'm going to go back, retire again." Bayern's going to make the wrong announcement, rinse, repeat, recycle. See, we like, were that's, we were talking about this before we started recording, and I was I just kind of think they can't do that again. Like, they, I mean, yes, of course they can, but at what point do they, like? 
does that become destructive where every year you're firing the coach you just placed faith in two or three months ago and then sacking him for your pinkus to come like save you? Because at the, in the end, what managers are going to want to come to Bayern Munich and try and build something there? If they know that that's not going to happen, I know that's Rich coming from a Chelsea fan, but you know, yeah, this is literally about to say, like, you know, I have made this exact argument hey, but about listen, Chelsea. That's our method. That's our thing. They can't take that from us. Okay, that's what we have. Uh, to be fair, with. they don't have the loan army. They don't have the loan army. They do not. So no. you're you're right. Um, but do we want to talk uh, about Bayern for a sec? Like, what's going I think, wrong there? I don't think. I think I don't think Nico Kovac's going to make it, and I think Bayern is desperate for Germany to fire. Uh, well, it's pretty crazy that Renato uh, Sanchez, uh, Yogi Low, got yeah, got their really? player of the month when they have you know so much talent on that team, and and Renato Sanchez is a player who last year was floundering on Swansea. I mean, the guy looked like he couldn't kick a ball straight. You know, there were times where he have you seen him this year? Right, though? he's been awesome. I mean, he's, he's my been, boy. He's I, awesome. I still think he's going to be awesome, but you know, it's 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 shocking that he's been the, their best player this season. I don't know if that's. I feel like that's kind of damning to the other players. It's like, what's going on over there? Is it the coach? You know, obviously the coach has is getting the best of Renato Sanchez, but you know, I I just think that Bayern, the fact that Ribery and Robin are still starting games for them, it's like, all right, like you guys are getting what you deserve. You know, this has been coming for years. Like they should have well that they should have been proactive about this years ago and. Well, they well, you can't say that they haven't been. They they signed Kingsley Coman. He has yet to really. But he's been he's been there and, a while now. He's been there three years. And no, that's what I'm saying. But he was bought as the replacement for Reaper, and he hasn't ups. He hasn't taken. So they over. should have bought someone last summer. You, we already knew that Coman wasn't going to be the replacement. They also um they bought Serge Nabry, uh, Javier. Serge, well, okay, <laughs> come on, Serge you know Nabry what I mean? Back. Yeah, Serge Nabry. <laughs> really? no, also, that's who you're going to replace Arian Robin too, and Reaper like, with. They. Douglas Costa couldn't upset Iron Robin out of his position Yeah, either. but look how he's doing and at like, Juventus now. He's doing phenomenally. They definitely messed up on that one. A, oh, definitely. They should not have let him go. They should have let Iron Robin go. Right. They should have let... Re- uh, they, they should have yeah. let... Right. Like, but that's the thing. They are... And same thing with Thomas Muller. Like, Muller's been all over the place, but... Like, Mueller, look at how long Muller, uh, Robin, Frank Ribéry have all been at Bayern Munich. Like... But at the same time, they've at the end of the day they've won the Bundesliga. Like they're they're so it's it's like how how are you supposed to change a team? And this is this, this is the thing that Juventus haven't done. Juventus have, have won titles, sold off players for a lot of money, and brought in new talent. And they're bringing up guys from the farm. Bayern Munich haven't been doing that since Tony Cruz and Thomas Müller came through. Who has been, other than Joshua Kimmich, who wasn't even their player, he was actually developed at Rebel Leipzig before they got up to the Bundesliga, they haven't really had anybody come in from the inside at Bayern. Like, I'm looking at their their forward options right now are, Sa- are Sandro Wagner, Lewandowski, Nabry. Like, those three guys, none of them came through at the club. Like, it, and they, they bring in Goretzka, which is a good signing. Love Goretzka. But again, it's like, they bring in Toluso, they bring in Sanchez, they bring in Thiago. Like, it's. I mean, it's, it's pretty it, important to mention that there, there have been some like untimely injuries. You know, like yes. Uh, what's his name? I think Alaba just went down in that Borussia Mönchengladbach game, and he was playing as left back for them. And they just sold Juan Bernat to PSG. So that's something that Kovac is going to have to deal with when they get back to club football next week. One, one thing I want to mention about them though is like, do you think how how do you, how important do you think? For Nico Kovac and the Bayern board, it is to win the league again this year. I mean, I feel like with Bayern Munich, you're just like, okay, they really, really want that Champions League. And it's just like, for them, I feel like I feel like it might not be that important for them to win the league this year. You know, obviously, that's kind of like, I feel like that's just like a given for the coach. Like, you're supposed to just win the league every year. And for I, the I coach and the true, players. Though. but Absolutely. But, like, I don't think that it's like... It, it's the absolute end of the world if they don't win the league one year. You know, I think that that that's if, just like inevitable. If they win the Champions League, right? If they win, or they, the Champions or they make league, it to the final like, and like have a really good. No, run. no, 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 no. You don't think if so? If you're Bayern Munich, you go to the Champions League. Okay, hypothetical here. You're Bayern Munich. You're the you're on the board at Bayern Munich. Alex and I are coaches. We get the team to the Champions League final. 
We finish in fifth place. No, not fifth. So we have to win the fi- we have to win the final to qualify for the champions. I mean, that's not happening. We, like, right? Byron they're not finishing fifth. Like they're going to finish top, top three. No, no, no. I'm, I'm throwing out the hypothetical. Sure. Alex and I lose. Are you sacking yes. us? Are you bringing us you back? You can't miss Champions League with Byron, obviously. But if they finish second in the and league, it was a close title race that they lose to Dortmund, and they get to the Champions League final. Hey, I might hire you another year. You know. The only point I would make to that is that. Bayern Munich don't need to focus on just the Champions League. Like they're not. It's not Real Madrid who have like a way tougher league to, to right. really they should negotiate. Just, be, just should just be running this also, league over. Also, for Bayern Munich to get into the kind of form that you would have to be in to win the Champions League, that form would have to carry over somewhat to the league, and they would probably win the league in the process. So, I, mean, I agree with all of this. I, I mean, you you put a gun to my head and tell me you think Bayern are like going to win the league? I'd probably still say yes. Uh, they're only they're, four points out. Right, like, it's, it's so it's, it's so close in the, in the top of the table in Germany. It's seven games in instead of eight for La Liga. So a lot of football to play. I guess we don't have time to talk about many other teams. I did just want to give a mention to Borussia Mönchengladbach. I thought they've been they've been playing amazingly uh, this season, and uh, Thorgan Hazard has been the uh, the second best Hazard in Europe this year. You know, he's 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 pretty doing pretty well. Well, I'm honestly surprised you only have him as second because I, mean, I know that the, the third younger brother is on the Chelsea youth team somewhere, and I definitely thought you would have given him a little bit more props. But I mean, props to you, Alex. No, I don't, no, Killian, Hazard, Killian, Killian Hazard's in our loan army. He's not a youth team player anymore. There's Ethan, who's like 16, who who doesn't play for Chelsea. I think he still plays in Belgium. Okay. And that's this week's Hazard Roundup. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Liga. Uh PSG, nine wins, nine games. 32 goals for six against. They've got a plus 20. They've got a 20 plus 26. Do you think Thierry Henry is Monaco even in the, 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 the <laughs> Are they even in this league? That, right. Monaco. Like, Monaco currently sit in 18th place with six points. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the main that's headline. 21. League one right now. It's that Monaco, the former champions are currently in the relegation zone. And that's why your team was fired. 21 and, points. And, 21 points behind PSG. And all you Arsenal fans hot. who wanted Jardim, I'll kill you. It's not Jardim's I, fault. It's definitely really? not You think Jardim's it's not Jardim's fault? fault? I've got nope. I've got a huge hot uh, Jardim. Jardim, if he ends up in the Premier League, I really hope he doesn't have to go do what Pochettino did, where he oh, kind of really? came to the league. That's like yeah, what he's like, really good at. <laughs> I know, but I don't want to see that because I think he's earned better. For God's sakes, he beat PSG in Ligue 1. Don't don't underrate that. They also went to the semifinals of the Champions League, and and look at all okay, the that, pieces that that was that way, I think that it. was like as impressive, if not I, more. No, impressive. I know. I think beating PSG over the long haul of the season when PSG have like triple the the payroll that, that like that I think both of those things were impressive. But winning the league was it was extremely impressive. Like the, there's only a few pieces left from that team. I mean, Mendy is gone, Fabinho's gone. Don't uh, start. We'll be here forever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kylian so Mbappe many. is gone. Like Bernardo Silva is gone. Bakayoko whoa, whoa, is gone. Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, Bakayoko, he's gone. coming back soon. I was about to say, do you think they'd be interested in taking Bakayoko back? <laughs> For free. Send him back. He's at, he's at Milan. He's at Milan. It doesn't matter. No, but but that's what I'm saying. The Monaco team has been over completely overturned. I I think Leonardo Jardim may be the best after Antonio Conte. I got to give Alex Man his credit because I also am a big fan of Antonio Conte. I think after Conte, I think Jardim might be Conte, Zidane, and Jardim are your three biggest managers. That and are then available and then right Wenger now. fourth. Not even. <laughs> He's not going to manage. I mean, Fenger's definitely be... bigger than all of them, and he will be on a bigger team than all of them <laughs> within the next year. I guarantee if that. If were firing your I guarantee your club, you, I Arson will either be Ar- the director of football at PSG or at Real Madrid. He's going to be at one of those two clubs next. He yes, but I don't think he's going to be a manager. Oh, maybe not. Maybe to, not a manager. Yeah, I think he's an executive. I think he's done managing. Unless it's an interim role for like the rest of the season because he fired his manager. I don't think we're going to get Arsene Wenger managing. I don't think football needs it anymore. The man left, like, did a great job. Yeah, he had a 30 year career, 30 or 40 so, year yeah, career he, with he, Monaco, he, uh, some Japanese teams, and then Arsenal. He's, he's yeah, done like, everything except win the European he, Cup. He's, he's a legend for sure. He, yeah, like, it's fine, but 
of like of the three available managers, those are the big three you're going to be talking about. And I honestly think that Jardim might end up with a position before Zidane and Conte. Yeah, um, very much so. Because the main gripe with Conte, I don't want to get too far off the Ligue 1 talk here, but the main gripe with Conte that has been the problem I mean, he, problem he can't get a job Chelsea, for another year anyway. Well, at Chelsea and at Juventus, his main issue was with the management, where he wanted more control of player acquisitions and everything like that. But the game, the game's going the completely opposite way of that. You don't see your Sir Alex Ferguson's and Arsene Wenger's anymore, who have complete like autonomy over a club and they can control everything in like a centralized way. It's all split up and and more com- compartmentalized now, where everyone has their everyone has their jobs, their their recruitment job, they're focused on their the financial job, they're they're focused on. And then the coaching job that, that you're focused on. Most of the successful teams now employ that strategy. So uh, for managers like Wenger, if he does decide to get back into management, and uh, Conte, they're going to have to sort of take a step back like if they want to get any kind of good job because all those top teams aren't going to be willing to give them that autonomy. Uh, with Monaco, I did just have like one thought with them. What The main reason I think Jardim was fired is player recruitment. Their player recruitment the last uh, summer or two since dismantling that really great team just hasn't been up to snuff. Their their, their big signings this summer were uh, Golovin, who's only just started getting back in the team. Keita Balde. Well, Keita Balde, they sold to Inter. Yeah, uh, that, that That messed up. And then the other one this past summer was the Nasser Chadley. You know? If that's oh, my your, God. Your, that was if it. That's, your, that's like your big signing. I mean, they're always very active signing like French youth products and, and young players. Like they've signed a bunch of – they've snagged a bunch of Chelsea youth team players because they brought over Chelsea's former director of football, Michael Emanalo. And he was just in, uh, put in place during the summer and – I was any time in any sport you see like a GM or a director of football or something like that come into a new job, they're just their mouth is watering for the chance to imprint their decisions on the team. So Jardim, right from the get go, he has to impress his new boss, and they just start out flat in uh, in not only League One but in the Champions League as well. And it doesn't look like we're going to see them in the Champions League unless they really pick up their recruitment and their player development. But yeah, Thierry Henry so, is interesting. Have they announced him officially yeah. yet? Because that's that's fun. That's new. Yeah, it is official. I mean, so I'm pretty. Uh, and he was he obviously on the managerial staff with the Belgian team who finished there in the World Cup. Do you guys think he's ready for this? Yeah. 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 I yes, think that France, this is kind of sure. like this is the next step up. You know, I I I I like that he's getting a job like this instead of like a job like kind of like what Lampard and Terry are doing. You know, uh, well, Lampard and Gerard actually. Uh, they're they're both at. Uh, no, Gerard's at Rangers. Uh, isn't isn't uh, Terry now the coach of Not. Villa or the assistant coach or something? No? Yeah, he's the assistant manager at Villa. He just retired. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what week. I mean. I just mean like he's not. Do- he's already kind of gone through those roles, and it's kind of like he now needs to make that next yeah. step up. So I think he he's there, you know, and I, and I'm I'm excited for him. I hope I hope really hope he does well because I, I, eventually, obviously, he's being groomed to one day coach Arsenal. So, you know, that's what he wants to do. That's what we all want him to do. And I mean, the day that that happens, whoo, you know, you know he you know he played at Monaco, right? You do, yeah, you but know that. it is important. Yeah, it is important. He doesn't. He doesn't know. care about that. He's just. Yeah. It is important to me that you know that he he broke yeah, through but, at okay, Monaco. Okay, but th- we don't have to shit on Monaco at all. Monaco know what they are, and that's a, a, yes. that's the Borussia Dortmund right. of Ligue 1. And they're okay with that. And when they won the league, I'm sure they were all super excited, and then they did what they always do, which is go to the clubs and screw each other on their yachts. So, you know, a league title for Monaco isn't that big of a deal. Even when they win it, they don't, like, demand that success. They just want to be entertaining and have their young players improving and being sold for a profit. And that's that's a pretty good mold for or a model, at least, for someone like Thierry Henry to come in and get his start. No pressure, guys. Just go out there and have fun. What about Mbappe this season, guys? He's been is he, uh, is freak he the of guy? nature. I saw... He's I saw a freak. It, he is okay, a freak show. I saw this hypothetical. This is how I want to end the episode. I saw this hypothetical on Instagram, and I screenshotted it, and I... Purposely did not put it in our group chat, the most exclusive group chat you could be in, by the way. Uh, it's predominantly just us asking, hey, who wants, who can, can we do this time for recording? But that's not important. This is the hypothetical. Occasionally shit talking. Start one. Occasionally. Start one, sit one, and you, you can't uh, start one, bench one, and you have to drop one. You mean like Name sell our, the third one? No, no, no. Like either, and it's not sell one. It's basically marry, fuck, kill. 
And this would be a way better on the bench. This would be yes. a way better game if you couldn't start all three of them, but you can start all That's three the, of them. <laughs> right. All right. Here's here's the three options, and you can only like I said, you start one. One's on the bench, and then one is not making the eighteen for the match week for that match this week. Neymar, Kylian Mbappe, Eden Hazard. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say Cavani. Um, no. This I, I'm so unprepared for okay, this. Well, I start. <laughs> I, I start I Killian. Neymar's yeah. on the bench, and Eden uh, gets yeah, nowhere okay. near my fucking team. All no, right. Okay. okay. All right. Right. Okay. Because you can't be a neutral for five fucking seconds. I'm st- also starting. <laughs> He's Killian perfect Mbappe. for this podcast. <laughs> I'm also starting Killian Mbappe. I'm going to have Eden Hazard coming off the bench. I know Neymar's been in form, but what did he do at Anfield this year? So that's why I've got Eden Hazard on my bench, and I- I've got Neymar not making. Just my watch my, when he my, annihilates yeah. you in Paris. Oh my gosh! I cannot wait for that. He's going to score like okay, three okay, goals against right, you in just, Paris. You guys are going to lose like five one, and you're going to be like, oh well, it was just a, it was a bad day for Milner. He had a rough time. Uh, Trent couldn't keep up. You'll see. That's what's about Javier, to happen. I know, I know, I know you're uncomfortable because we have the best defensive record in the league, but we're yeah, we do. We do. Look at the fuck up, bitch. Like 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 I'm sorry, we don't concede goals like you do. So just relax, fam. Defense is not the the picking point anymore for Liverpool. The Liverpool's bad at defense narrative, it's dead. Finito. Insert Vince Carter gif here. It's over. Find a new slant, bitch. Andrew's Liverpool boner is just like so erect right now. Someone needs to come in. We're not even even talking about the Premier League right now. And he's just like. uh, (laughs) He's still just going off. Someone needs to take these Liverpool fans to the ground. I think Chelsea kind of did it, right? A little bit. let 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 me address the elephant in the room when it comes to PSG. And I don't want to get too into like the whole like the basketball storylines that you see here in like America, but is is Mbappe like is he the guy now? Is he like is I think he, he is. PSG's he's the golden man. boy. He's the man. Exactly. Four goals in thirteen he, minutes. Well, okay, so Neymar the was their leading scorer in the league, and then those four goals in thirteen minutes against Leon the other week. Right. By the way, crazy Made game. Yeah, they they got Mbappe that they well they tied Mbappe for like the PSG goal scoring lead. Uh, and then the player who's being kind of marginalized that you keep hearing all these leaks and storylines about is Edison Cavani, who he's their, the club's all-time leading scorer, kind of gone like under the radar as like probably one of the four or five best center forwards in the world there. I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave, like if not January, probably not January, next summer, definitely. And there's a, there's a threat of Neymar leaving, too. If he I could see to Cavani feel. going to, like, China and just making, like, ridiculous see, see, money. Cavani's I, the I one can, that I have my eye on. <laughs> oh, Chelsea. you want him for Chelsea? I, I, I want Ooh, him dude, I can see that, too, so but badly. I could also I see him just being like, I want $50 million a year. I'm going to go to China and be a freak show over there. I could see that. He's already won his titles. The, the one club I could see him maybe thinking about he came from Napoli and he loved it over. Yeah, go back there. Um, so maybe they, he goes back. They would never spend the money to bring him back. The money that PSG would ask for. Uh, I, Napoli's, I know, I know Napoli's PSG. owner refuses to pay for like stadium renovations. So yeah, oh, I know. You can, I know. You I've been there, guys. The outside of their there. stadium is disgusting and it's a dump. It literally it's looks literally just like falling a, apart. Like, an, like a metal sheet that's wrapped around like some bars and like has. There's no design. It's it oh it's gross. Like I really couldn't believe how it, ugly it, Napoli Stadium was. You know those UEFA high school has, bleachers where you can see like underneath them as you're walking up, and like yes. they're like rickety That's and everything. They like. have them. In yes, it's like that, but with like a it's like a sixty thousand capacity stadium or fifty thousand. That's, capacity That's stadium. the thing. He's. I read this report that their owner is like talking about buying another club in like the region in Naples. For the sole purpose of basically taking their state, it's Bari, and his son. Yeah. His son has bought them, so there's already yeah. a huge conflict of interest there. And they tried to force UEFA or try to make it to or say to UEFA, "We want to play Napoli's home Champions League games at Bari's ground," and which they should have done because <laughs> well, the, no, they just got shut down. Well, if you watch the Liverpool game, like one of the reasons that game was so bad was because the pitch conditions were fucking atrocious. Honestly, we had better high school pitch. In our high school, then shout out to the like, heights. When, shout out to the heights. Killing it, in, killing it in the DC soccer game this year. Yeah, they're, I think they're number number two in the number two in the WC number two in, in the uh, in the area and undefeated in the WCAC. Suck on those, Gonzaga. <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
PSG. I, I'm just interested in PSG. Uh, obviously, the league is not really up for discussion. They're definitely getting out. Well, I say it's that, pretty interesting Napoli that Lille is, Lille is in second, right? I mean, they kind of came yeah. out of nowhere, right? Jonathan Bamba has Jonathan Bamba with seven goals. Does anyone know who this guy is? Twenty-two-year-old French mid. You think he's related? He's a to midfielder, Mo? and he's got he's got seven goals. Wow, interesting. This guy might be pretty good. He he uh, he played on Saint Etienne for three years. Lille Hasn't just signed him this year. A minute of him, and he's just like he might no, be I don't, good. I don't. I don't. That's why I just said I've never seen this guy. I don't know who he is. I'm just seeing he scored seven goals, and Lille are second. So hey, maybe this is a guy to watch. Stats maybe are he's liars. good. Stats are liars. Stats are liars. Wow. It's all. It's all, it's all about the, watching it. Bro. Coming from the stats guy. I'm just saying there's there's always guy. bound to be there was always bound to be like a team or two that was going to be a surprise if the likes of Leon and Monaco are have fallen off like Leon have not started well they're still obviously like around the top six and they'll probably end up in the top three or top two but it's uh they're struggling to replace the goals that Mariano Diaz uh, left behind when he went to Real Madrid so yeah we'll uh, we'll, we'll see uh, that's there's not much uh, storyline wise other than that to talk about from uh, Ligon. All right, before we wrap it up, Alex, you never answered the question. Start Eden Hazard, bench Mbappe, and then throw Neymar's ass in the trash can. Eden Hazard's a god. That is so bad. That is just miserably bad. Why? Why? Honestly, Javier, it's a terrible terrible question, so I don't take any of the blame for that. All right, that's (laughs) fair. I'm not even going to. I'm not. Neymar stand. No, I'm just saying, like, okay, like, Neymar's won the Champions League and, like, has won multiple league titles and, like, has, has, like, you know, he's been one of the best players in the world, like, in the top three multiple times. When has Hazard ever been close to that? Get the hell out of here. Never. I'm not not talking about career here. We're talking about right now. Yeah, right now, though. Neymar's, Neymar's, like, top of the charts in, like, scoring and assists for all of Europe. He's, like, he has, like, seven assists and, like, nine or ten goals. Can I, uh, can I, can I just say, uh, Javier, I wouldn't expect you to understand this. You're an Arsenal fan, but it's all, it's all, (laughs) it's all about mentality. And you don't, you want Eden Hazard's mentality. You don't want Neymar's mentality. Right, Eden, who's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be the best. I just Captain want to spend time Belgium. with my family and like relax. Captain in of London. Belgium, he uh, whooped Neymar's ass in the World Cup. Suck on that, bitch. God, this is just degraded. We, we should we should end this pod now. I'm I'm calling <laughs> it right now. This is, I gotta get I gotta go to work. Bad. I gotta go to work. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, look out for a uh, EPL preview pod coming a little bit later in the week. Um, I'm Andrew in here with Javier and Alex. Follow us on Twitter at Andrew Pissarro, at asmos 92 at GhostGoldPod, and at JaviRev9 on Instagram for Javier. Um, rate, subscribe on iTunes, and until next time, see ya.